It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. tribute to the 2023 Matildas, we will build a statue at Suncorp Stadium. There are plenty there celebrating our male sporting champions. It's time we celebrated women as well. Has there ever been a more horrific statement to erode equality? and to diminish what the Matildas have done, dragging down one gender to promote another. That's everything equality doesn't stand for, I would have thought. G'day. Thanks for lacing uh, lacing them up with me this Tuesday. Uh, They will live in our hearts and our memories forever, but should the Matildas live permanently at Suncorp Stadium. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. I think they should, but not in the form of a statue. I'll give you my thoughts on that shortly, but I do want to hear yours today. It is the hottest topic in Queensland sport and actually around the country. I know they are talking about this on radio programs, TV programs around the nation today. Was this political grandstanding at its best? Or do we need a permanent reminder of a team who changed the Australian sporting landscape forever? Or is it the fact that they've done that? Is that enough recognition? If they do deserve something at Suncorp Stadium, what is it? What does it look like? What should it be? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Here's an idea. Instead of belittling the Matildas' achievement, giving them a prize, a ribbon, a statue for finishing fourth, as a government, do something proactive to help them finish first. What was that? $200 million from Canberra to pump into women's sport? Well, I'm glad you asked because I do want to dig into the Play Our Way funding announcement by Albi. Where should it go? Where will it go? And how do you apply? After 10, we'll get an idea of that. The, the governing body of sport in this state is Q Sport. And the boss will talk to you and take your questions about the funding. But let's give him some ideas to kick off with. What's the experience with your daughter or, or granddaughter? What have you seen that needs to be fixed in grassroots women's sport? 13, 13, 55. The guidelines for grants for Play Our Way, they haven't been completed yet, but Albo says the money would go to promote equal access, build more suitable facilities, and support grassroots initiatives to get women and girls to engage, stay, and participate in sport throughout their lives. So what does that look like at your place? In your daughter's or your granddaughter's sporting club, maybe your wife's sporting club, your sister's, is there equal access? Are there suitable facilities? 
are there change rooms that aren't full of urinals? I don't know. You, you paint me the picture this morning. My only experience is through netball, which is predominantly geared towards females. So the facilities, not that I've been inside a netball change room, but I would assume that they are up and suitable for purpose. But maybe your daughter or granddaughter plays cricket, plays soccer, plays football, AFL, NRL, rugby. What does it look like? Basketball? You tell me. And let's give them an idea of where this funding needs to go. Where would you start? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Soccer, well, they've already got their hands out. That's important to us and uh, I believe and I think we should receive the lion's share of that money because we have the biggest participation base in the country. It was the biggest participant sport before the Women's World Cup and I think the success of the Combank Matildas and the Women's World Cup um, will see a huge increase up to 20% of our participation numbers. A lot of those participants are going to be young girls uh, and therefore we need that investment into the, into the community so that we can have more pitches, more lights, better change room facilities so that we can enable the growth that we're seeing. Right, that was James Johnson, the CEO of Football Australia. Does he have a point? Should it go to football? Should it go to soccer? They do have the largest participation rate in this country. We know that. Is the lighting adequate where your daughter or granddaughter plays? The change room facilities. That's the one we keep coming back to. But is it more than that? Is it the coaches? Is it the structures, the support systems? I, I, I don't know. What's your experience? Because right now there's $200 million on the table to get this right, to make it better. So what needs to change? What needs to get better? 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Uh, from the sport of politics to the politics of sport, one of our favourite Broncos, Billy Walters, will sidestep, duck, weave. He'll way into the studio in about half an hour's time. Andrew McCulloch, SEN Zone, he's going to take us through the, the top eight. Or maybe the bottom of the top eight. Who makes it? Who doesn't? Because right now there is a three-way, maybe four-way race to make that final eight. Uh, in the AFL, Greg Swan is about to address the media at Lions training. I'm told there's nothing special behind it, no big announcement, except for the fact that the Lions are playing their final regular home game this Saturday afternoon against St Kilda. That is going to be the biggest match they play this year. Big statement, but they could finish minor premiers. They'll know that they are playing and what they're playing for after Friday night game, Friday night's game between Collingwood and Essendon. If Essendon knock off Collingwood, Brisbane have the chance to finish minor premiers for the first time in their history. Maybe that's what Greg Swan's talking about. At uh, the moment uh, that we hear what his statement is and what he'll be saying, uh, we'll bring that to you from Springfield uh, this morning. Well, we'll also be chatting to Dean Solomon, SEN's own Dean Solomon. He was a former teammate of Damien Hardwick. He was also a former assistant coach on the Gold Coast. So the perfect man to talk to, not only about the Lions plight, but what's happening on the Glitter Strip with Dimmer and the Suns. 13 13 55 0467 736 736 is your access, your gateway to be part of Queensland sports' biggest conversation. We're going to be hearing from Matt Denny, the Queenslander who's come forth agonisingly close from missing a podium 
at the World Championships. He's thrown a discus further than any person before in this country. Sadly, a national record was only enough for him to get fourth in Budapest. But we'll hear from the big fella. We'll also hear the All Blacks reaction. This is an absolute ripper. The All Blacks reaction to Steve Hansen being part of Eddie Jones's coaching setup, even if it's only in a consultancy role at the World Cup. An All Black defector. The All Blacks had no idea. But when they found out, oh, you don't want to miss this one. And, of course, Queensland's biggest sports quiz is back. I've got to give you clues along the way, don't I? Answers. Maybe Matt Denny. Maybe he is one of the answers. Maybe he's not. Maybe he is. We'll be doing that after 11. I'll tell you one that will definitely be in there. You'll need this name. Jason Tomalolo. Jason Tomalolo. All right. Note that down. Jot it down. I'm not going to tell you which question it is involving, but when you do come across it, I bet you you'll know it. That's after 11 o'clock today. I've got tickets to the Lions St Kilda Saturday afternoon to give away 13 13 55 0467 736 736 12 minutes past nine. Before we do that, let's do this. And now, time for Ben's Snap Judgment. I've already got callers on the line holding on. Uh, Tony, I'll get to you very, very shortly. But the Matildas, they will live in our hearts and our memories forever. But should they live permanently at Suncorp Stadium? Queensland, we need your help. Your help. We need to think of a way to permanently recognise and honour the Matildas because a statue at Lang Park at Suncorp Stadium, that ain't it. That ain't it. I could say, hey, give me a call and I'll give you a prize and all that stuff, but I'm going to do something better. I'm going to put your suggestions to the sports minister as the first port of call. The suggestions on how we can give the Matildas the recognition they deserve at Suncorp Stadium. That's if you think they deserve recognition at Suncorp Stadium. I do, and I'll get into mine in just a moment. But they need more than the recognition of that tokenistic gesture the Premier dished up on Sunday. You heard it before. There are plenty of statues there celebrating our male sporting champions. It's time we celebrate women as well. You deserve your place amongst the greatest. Well, we do celebrate the Matildas like we've celebrated nothing before in this country. But a statue, Suncorp, that ain't it. That ain't it. The blow-ups at my place on Sunday morning when that statement was uttered by the Premier, I sat there trying to think about what I'd just heard. But the more vocal blow-ups came from my wife and then my daughter. Please don't lower the bar of excellence because of gender. They're not my words, but my wife, Beck. Beck and I are raising our daughter Mackenzie, who's 16, and her two brothers to be equals, to look past gender, to look past race, religion, sexuality, and anything else that sets us apart as humans, to treat everyone as equals, to treat everyone with respect. So to hear our state leader to say there are plenty of statues there celebrating our male sporting champions, it's time we celebrated women as well and deserve place amongst the greatest... That erodes everything equality stands for. You, you, you're pulling down one gender to promote another. There's so many layers to this. Lowering the bar of excellence because of gender 
is so disrespectful for every single elite athlete that competes for their team, their state, their country, any sport. Look at the tears that our Olympic swimmers in the pool have when they miss gold by a fingernail. Tell me, do they, do they want to be celebrated? They are, but do they want it? The ones that I know, the ones that I've met and come across in the last 30 years of doing this, they feed off failure. They feed off wanting to be the best. It's what gets them out of bed before their opponents. It's what drives them to, to run that extra lap, to do that extra rep in the gym, that extra squat, tumble, turn, sideline conversion, drop punt, hitting a bucket of balls, whatever it may be in their sporting endeavour. It, it's, it's what makes them sacrifice things that you and I take for granted. They give up their weekends. They give up seeing their friends. They miss birthdays, weddings, and other significant moments in their friends' and their families' lives. And that sacrifice comes from the drive to be the best. Not second, not fourth, not tenth, but the best. And that is every elite athlete, male or female, in this country. The Matildas, the Wallabies, the Kangaroos, the Dolphins, the Wallaroos, the Hockeyroos, the Irukandjis, the Stingers, all of them. So celebrating coming fourth, everyone gets a prize, everyone gets a ribbon. Or is that just old school thinking? If I miss the mark here, 13, 13, 55, 0, 4, 6, 7, 7, 3, 6, 7, 3, 6. Maybe a statue at Suncorp is the best way to recognise their achievements. Uh, we are already celebrating the Matilda's achievements, but it's more than that. It's got to be more than that. It's got to be about how they've united Australia, how they've punched above their weight, how they've overcome the expectations of a nation, how they've inspired girls and boys to be anything they want to be. Because if we're just celebrating achievement, then we'd have a statue of Slacky and the Wallabies in 1987 from finishing fourth at the Rugby World Cup. Or Matt Denny finishing fourth today at the World Championships. But we don't. We have statues of athletes who have conquered the world. Wally, Mal, Arthur, they're rugby league immortals. Alfie, Lockie, they're both Broncos captains who've lifted trophies and been the best of the best. John Eels, this is all the statues that are at Suncorp Stadium right now. He captained Australia at their first match at Lang Park in, what was that, 96 against the All Blacks. It was a blood eye. He's one of only five Australians who have won two Rugby World Cups. He captained Australia to victory over the 2001 British and Irish Lions. He was the best of the best. Athletes, male or female, that have reached the pinnacle of their sports. And they're all retired. That's got to be a prerequisite too. Alan Border's got a statue at the Gabba. Leroy Loggins. Laura Geitz has got a statue. Eddie Gilbert has got a statue at Alan Border Field. Do we need a statue of the Matildas? And, and how would you actually encompass an entire team into a statue of one? You can't, can you? Here's a question. Where's Ali Brigginshaw's statue? Captain of the Broncos, three premierships, Suncorp Stadium home ground. I'd be going there first. If, like the Premier says, we need more statues of female athletes, Susie O'Neill, Kathy Freeman, Anna Mears, Ash Barty. Oh, my God, Ash Barty. Where's their statues? Here's what I'd do. I would have a bronzed mural at Suncorp Stadium. 
Picture it now, walking down Caxton Street at the front door of Suncorp Stadium. There are two structures there. They're actually bunkers or tops of stairwells, to tell you the truth. But on one of those bunkers, those concrete monuments that are right there at Suncorp Stadium are existing. There was already a mural, that painted mural of the Broncos captains. <laughs> you know the one. But there's another structure there. Before that, as you're coming down Caxton Street, right there, put a mural of – and when I say mural, I'm talking a bronze – you know what? Star Wars reference. Here we go. Empire Strikes Back, Han Solo in Carbonite. All right, you've got that visual. Have a 3D bronze mural of the Matildas as a team. Either that heart-shaped photo or maybe after Courtney Vine has kicked the penalty at Suncorp Stadium and the team is running behind her. The Matildas as a whole. And you know what? There was 10 Matildas uh, t- 10 Queenslanders in that Matilda's squad. So that would be a fitting place. Statues are, by sheer definition, of one person. A person or an animal encaptured in freestanding form. How do you do that for the Matildas when it was a team effort? 13-13-55-0467-736-736. I've got another idea. If the government wants to get real about promoting women's sport... How about holding them accountable? Put caveats on the funding that you give sports until they have equal support, equal coaching, equal facilities, uh, equal entitlements, the same as the men. Until that happens, don't give them taxpayer money. That's the way that a government can help, can keep sports accountable. Hello Rugby Australia and the Wallaroos. Have the same entitlement. I'm not saying the same pay. You can have the same percentage of pay. But the same facilities, the same coaching, the same support, the same entitlements. Let's get that on an equal standing first. That's something the government can do. They can actually say, we are not giving you the funding until you can show us this is happening. There we go. There's a proactive way of doing it. Rather than grandstanding and building statues. 13 13 55 0467 Yeah, text lighting up. Outstanding. And the, and the phone lines as well. We'll get to them straight after this break. 21 minutes past nine. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Finger on a Tuesday morning, uh, 20 minutes away from 10. The reason Slam and Sam played that one, last week we spoke to Matt Rogers, uh, former well, former Titan, Queenslander, Maroon, uh, Shark, Wallabies, that's right. And it was about what he would say to the Matildas coming into a World Cup semi-final, a place where he had been for the Wallabies 20 years earlier. But then he regaled us with the story about being in that Wallabies change room before the World Cup semi-final and, and how the country got behind them and united them and the well wishes that came in, the the the, the messages and the support. And he regaled the story about how Powderfinger had sent them a message saying, go the Wallabies with Wendell Saylor's charisma, 
Lottie Takiri's dreadlocks and Matt Rogers' tattoos, you'd make a pretty good rock band. I thought that was a great story. And it got me thinking. Modern day athletes, who would be an all-time rock band made up of Australian athletes? Here we go. We're going to have a bit of fun today. I know we've been in the serious side with statues at Suncorp Stadium and funding for women's sport, but if there was a band you had to put together, rock stars of Australian sport, who would they be? 13 13 736 We are doing it today. Thanks to Mac as they are proud sponsors of the Little Legends supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. This time, 13 to go. First half, Walters stepping like he's dead. Maybe even better. Billy Walters channels Kevy and maybe Alfie to score a brilliant try for Brisbane. It was a brilliant try for Brisbane before the bye. Billy Walters, very good morning to you. One of the rock stars of the Broncos, I'd say. Oh, I wouldn't go that far, but good morning. Thanks for having me back on. <laughs> Mate, my pleasure. My pleasure. Actually, well, let's hang on. Let's start there. Who, who are the rock stars of your team? If you had to put a band together, who would be the front man for the Broncos? Oh, you, you can't go past Reese Walsh. I think you can put anyone else behind Reese Walsh and that band's going to succeed. As long as he's the front man, the lead singer, I think it's going to succeed. He was my guest too, but that was only a guest. Yeah. You've just confirmed it. Outstanding. <laughs> uh, mate, you're coming off a bye uh, and you don't have your conductor, your, your, the leader of the orchestra in, in Adam Reynolds. Is that any concern for the boys heading down to the nation's capital? Oh, I mean, we'd obviously like to have Reno there playing, um, but saying that um he missed the game against townsville up in um in townsville a couple of weeks ago and, and jock madden did a a great job stepping in and um i'm sure he did the same thing he, he's been really um really patient this year jock he's a great player he's been waiting for his chance and um probably fortunately for us he, he hasn't had too many chances because of injuries so um yeah i'm sure he's gonna be ready to go oh mate it's a fantastic answer because that's the thing you, you can win without him you can you can win without without some of your, your bigger names. It's the next man up policy and the depth of this team that, 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 that I love, that it doesn't matter who does take the field, whoever's wearing a Broncos jersey will get the job done. Yeah, I think you kind of need that. If, if you want to be a successful team, you know, you can't rely on just your, your starting 13 or starting 17. You need to have that, that depth in the squad. And um, I think we've got that this year. And it's, it's not even just in case of injuries. It's, I feel like even for me personally, um, there's a lot of good hookers there ready to go if I start playing a few bad games. So I need to be on my game every week. Otherwise, yeah, I might find myself out, outside of the team. So it's good, healthy competition. As part of the spine, when you don't have a member there, maybe it's Ezra, maybe it's Reese Walsh or an Adam Reynolds, do, do you, do, do the other members of the spine feel that responsibility to, to, to step up and to actually take more of the ownership of it? Yeah, I guess you'd have to. We have to. Um, you know, Renault's a big big part of um, how we go on the field. You know, he, he makes all the calls and the decisions. So, um, you know, Jock, Jock will do that to the best of his ability, but it's, it's our job to kind of help him and help the team trying to kind of, you know, stick to the way we've been playing. So it um, should be a good test down in Canberra. Um, but, yeah, can't wait for it. Uh, Billy Walters, my guest this Tuesday morning, uh, gearing up for a big game in the nation's capital. It's nice and cold this time of year in Canberra. Billy, what about the bye? Um, your momentum has been fantastic, uh, winning nine of the what nine of your last ten. D- does that is there a fear that having a bye could could halt that? Um, well, I'm not sure. We're going to, have to find out, I guess, on the weekend because we've had two bar- two buys so far. Uh, the first one 
we uh, we actually lost coming off the bye to the Titans. Mm. And then the second one, um, I can't remember who was against, but we put in a really good performance, and um, uh, I think the bye helped that week. So hopefully it's going to help. I suppose you probably want a week off coming into this time of the year, but um, yeah, we'll have to see how it goes. We've been training well, which is a good sign. So what 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 is it? What did it look like? Did, did did you get away, or was it sort of knuckling down to to do more training? What what does a bye week look like at Red Hill? Um, well, funnily enough, we had um, a Friday night game against Parramatta leading into the bye, and we actually had a race day, and a lot of the boys went to Luke Combs that um, that Saturday night. So that was a pretty big night that week, and I think a lot of the boys kind of laid low this past weekend, just trying to um, probably still recover from that weekend and, and just trying to get ready for the finals. So, um, yeah, it was a pretty low-key weekend, I think. I, I saw that on Instagram. The, the boys got around him. So how many... How many... Country, country, Western country. How many fans of, of that? Actually, we shouldn't have rock bands. We should have the country bands because you, <laughs> I reckon there'd be a, I reckon there'd be a fair contingent of Broncos being in in uh, under Luke Coombs's hat. Yes, I think there's there's probably about five or six legit country fans, and then there's probably down the fifteen that jumped on board for that night. So, and I was probably one of them. So, <laughs> um, there's definitely if I was picking a country band, probably Paddy Carrigan and Katoni Staggs would be leading that for me there. They're the old um, fake country, and uh, they'd probably get a good following too. Can you name one of Luke Coombs' songs? Don't say Fast Cars. Yeah. Uh, no, Hurricane, When It Rains It Pours, uh, Beautiful Crazy. No, there's a couple. I, I, do, I do like Luke Coombs. He's um, one of my favourites. So. Oh, it's Luke Coombs, um, isn't I'd, it? I'd Not Coombs. <laughs> hey, so long, as you, yeah. so long as you weren't on stage shotgunning, we saw someone else do that, in, uh, and we, it hasn't been... Hasn't been good uh, since for Latrell. But let's yeah. let, let, let's let, let's turn our attention back back to footy. Actually, something that did happen during the bye, um, Payne Haas recommitting. Ha, ha, I, I, we, yeah. I, yeah, I was at that media conference and I spoke to Payne, spoke to spoke to Kevy. But what about for the dressing room? What what does that do to have his commitment going forward? Um, yeah, well, it's obviously a stepping stone for to try and keep signing everyone else. I mean, um, if he's willing to lock in his future at the Broncos, it obviously means he's he's buying into the club and, and thinks we're going um, to good places. So, um, you know, it's if you start losing big players like that, you might start losing a couple more. But now we've re-signed Payne. Um, hopefully we can lock down, you know, the Reese Walshers and Ezra's and, and that kind of thing for, for the long-term future and, and kind of really build something like similar to what Panthers have done the last couple of years. Mm. I think that's probably our, our target. So easier said than done, though, that they've been outstanding Penrith. So it's easier said than done doing what they've done. All right, mate, heading south, Canberra's, Canberra's never really been a happy hunting ground for the Broncos over the last 35 years, but it's been a while since the, the team's won down there. In fact, I reckon if I go back, 20, 2017 is probably the last time the, the, the team won down there. It's, it's a long time between drinks. Yeah, it is. Uh, and, you know, they're going to be a desperate team this weekend. They're, they're kind of playing for their season. So um, it's going to be a tough gig. Um, and they probably haven't played great footy the last two weeks. So they're probably due to, to put on a great performance. And um, it's usually how it works when you're playing at the Broncos. Everyone kind of plays their best footy. So, um, But it's, it's a good test leading into finals. We don't want really any easy games going into finals. You want to start getting ready for finals footy. So um, we're expecting a nice, tough game. And, um, yeah, hopefully it's, it's, it's a nice, tough game and, and entertaining for the fans. August is is a weird time, isn't it? Like you, you you've got September on your mind. You, you know you're going to be playing there. You know the competition resets and, and and restarts. Is it how hard is it not to sort of just 
tread water dur- during this month when you, when you know that, that your final's bound and you're just trying to just get there and and get through every game? Yeah, I mean, it's a bit different this year. Um, last year was probably definitely in that boat where, oh, well, personally, it was my I haven't played finals footy yet, so I definitely kind of had one mind on finals and one mind on the back end of the year, but we're in a pretty lucky position this year that we're, we're almost guaranteed top two, at least guaranteed top four, so... Mm. Finals is definitely going to be happening for us, so we don't really need to be worrying about that too much. We just worry about week to week, um, and we know it's going to come. So, um, pretty lucky position that it's all the hard work that we put in so far in the year, and um, we just need to make sure it doesn't go to waste now, and we actually um, take advantage of the position that we put ourselves in. All right, and you owe them one after uh, earlier in the year. What was it? There was actually it was your first loss of the year, wasn't it, against Canberra? Yeah, it was. And sorry, to, sorry, games, to, sorry to bring that up, but I'm, but I'm guessing that that's yeah. part of the motivation, isn't it? Definitely. Well, we probably took them way too light last year. They had, I don't think Jack White played and um, Tappany didn't play as well. They had a lot of injuries and they were coming up and they hadn't started the year too well. And I think we kind of thought we were just going to roll up and roll through them. And um, yeah, we've got a rude shock. So um, definitely won't be happening again this week and hopefully um, get one back and then back in their, in their home crowd. Yeah. Okay. One last one before I let you go. Um, Dad's got a few selection headaches, hasn't he? Uh, when it comes to players returning, you've got uh, big Marty Powell coming back. Um, if your wingers are all fit, uh, along with, you know, you've got Corey Oates possibly making and playing his 200th. Uh, Jesse Arthurs is back. Um, actually, how's Selwyn? Because he was he missed training yesterday, didn't he? Yeah, Selwyn, um, yeah, he had a, I think his, his grandfather passed away over the weekend, so he wasn't at training oh, on the weekend. Um, we'll just see how he goes. Um, so thoughts and condolences to Selwyn and his family. But, mm. um, yeah, I mean, it's a good position to be in, um, to have a few, few headaches about who to pick, trying to fit... You know, 25 blokes into 17 is pretty tough, but we'd definitely rather be there than um, um, the other way around, having a couple injuries. So um, I'll leave that up to Kevy. That's his job. I just got to worry about my job. And um, yeah, so it's a good position to be in. I think I think OT will be back. I think he. Um, I'm not sure he's too keen to play 200 down in Canberra and cold Canberra, but um, I'm pretty sure he's pretty keen to get it to get it on and get it done. Yeah, outstanding. So there's been a few times that he's uh, been penciled in for that 200th and it hasn't, hasn't come through. Mate, your job is the most important on the team. I reckon you touch the ball more than anyone else. If you were in that band, that rock star band of the Broncos, what what, what, what position or what what instrument would you be playing? Um, oh, I'd probably be hitting at the back playing the drums. It's a pretty important position uh, spot, I guess, yeah. trying to keep the beat for the band and, and you're pretty hidden, so that's what I like to be. I love that, Billy Walters. I love it indeed. Mate, thank you for the chat. We wish you all the best down there in the nation's capital and hope you dish out some capital punishment to the Raiders. Uh, Come this weekend, uh, Billy Walters from the Broncos. 9.53 this Tuesday morning here on SENQ. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. And he sang as he stole that jumbuck in his tucker bag. 
They have left a lasting legacy in Australian sport. The landscape has changed forever, but does the landscape need to change at Suncorp Stadium when it comes to the Matildas? Uh, it's so many on the text here, but 13-13-55 is the number to be part of our conversation. Paula said, G'day, Benny. What about for the Tillies? We get John Williamson to record a song. Maybe call it Waltzing Matilda. Oh, yeah, it's already been done with the laughing emojis. Paul, thank you. Uh, ben, what's the rush for statues? Let's see if after the fire, the fire still burns. Let's let the dust settle and reflect a little. Murray, there we go. Just taking a bit of the steam out of it. Just uh, exhale. Let the dust settle. Let's bask in the glory. Why the rush for statues? Uh, as I said last hour, if you're just joining us for the first time today, uh, does there need to be a statue at Suncorp Stadium when it comes to the Matildas? It's something that the Premier has put up. I, I think there's so many better ways that we can actually give back to women's sport. And we're going to get into the funding issue in just a moment. But my idea is, well, governments can play a part here. They can hold sporting bodies accountable. They give funding. They give grants to sporting bodies. If they want to get fair income about it, say, listen, this funding that we're giving you, in whatever code this may be, whatever sport it may be, until you have the same level of support, the same level of coaching, the same level of facilities that are offered to the women as are the men, then you're not getting our funding. Is that too simplistic? Is that an easy, done thing? Show where the investment into women's sport is. That That's something I think a government can do rather than the tokenistic and grandstanding of jumping on with statues and permanent reminders. And we're going to have a permanent reminder because the sporting landscape has changed forever. Hasn't it? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, we will be talking some AFL to this hour. I know Greg Swan has just finished his media conference at, at Springfield. Yeah, the Lions CEO. I, I was wondering, ooh, what's he doing up today? Uh, I was told nothing sinister or no big breaking news coming out of the Lions den. Uh, we have heard that Swanee wants members to show up in force this weekend against St Kilda. The game will be sold out, but when members don't show up, and we're talking GABA members here, those crowd numbers are down. Get in and support the team that is vying for a minor premiership. Not only the Broncos, but the Lions. Ooh, do we dare to dream? Do we dare to dream of Brisbane double? No early crows. No early crows. But the Lions, they, they could be vying for the minor premiership this Saturday afternoon. They'll, they'll know on fr Friday night between Essendon and Collingwood the result there. If Collingwood get beaten... And Brisbane beats St Kilda, minor premiership, coming to Brisbane for the first time. Uh, the other thing Swanee didn't miss, he said, Jesus, isn't it good to see AFL on the back pages of the Courier-Mail, knocking rugby league off with Damien Hardwick's appointment. Uh, yes, talking AFL, all things. Uh, well, actually, one of Damien Hardwick's former teammates in Dean Solomon. Uh, later this hour. 13 13 55 0467 736 736. Um, $200 million coming from Canberra. It, it was the pledge play our way on, well, maybe not on the back of the Matildas, but coinciding with the Matildas uh, changing the sporting landscape forever. $200 million worth of funding to be pumped into women's sport in this country. Um, no framework yet around the grants and, and how it will be distributed. And, and that's why I am talking to my next guest to, to, to give us an idea of where it needs to go. Um, our elbow said the money would go to promoting equal access, 
building more suitable facilities and supporting grassroots initiatives to get women and girls to engage, to stay and participate in sport throughout their lives. So what does a real life project look like? Where are the facilities not up to scratch? What are we talking here? Is it literally change rooms that aren't full of urinals? Or again, is that too simplistic? A man who's got his finger on the pulse, a man who will know is the head of Q Sport. Q Sport, they are the, well, the governing body of sport in, in this state. Their mission is to enhance the development of sport in Queensland by working to promote and sustain interest in the development of organised sport in this state. So Tim Clark is the perfect man to talk to. Tim, very good morning to you. Uh, give us an idea. Where would $200 million, st- where would you start with spending some of that $200 million in Queensland? Yeah, good morning, Ben. Great to be with you this morning. I mean, a fantastic uh, investment that uh, really powers the work that now needs to happen to activate all the legacy benefits that we know can come from uh, the extraordinary success that the Matildas have delivered for us over the last four or five weeks. I think the as the, the Prime Minister has said, the, the focus really needs to be on ensuring that the places and spaces that we provide for women and girls to participate in sport are both welcoming of them and safe for them to participate and also inclusive of them. We want to get more women and girls into sport. We also want to keep the women and girls who are in sport playing for longer. My view about the kinds of initiatives that this can support, yes, there are some changes, some upgrades that we can make to the facilities as they are. And there are also some new additional facilities that we can create, expanding the footprint of things like amenities in our sporting clubs across communities across the state. I think it's also about supporting the kinds of programs that we design and tailor for women and girls. We understand that Lots of the programs we deliver are great for kids of all ages, for people of all ages. I think ensuring that we've got uh, pipelines of women and girls to play, supported by pipelines of women and girls who are coaching, who are holding the whistle and umpiring the clipboards, we're ensuring that our club committees uh, provide uh, those same opportunities for women and girls to lead in our community sport environments. There's also a key benefit that can come from this investment. Tim, I'm a dad of a sixteen-year-old, uh, uh, sixteen-year-old girl. My, my daughter Mackenzie has played netball and she loved it. So that that's been my experience to to women's to girls sports. So netball facilities are traditionally geared towards females. What what are we, what are we looking at when we're saying being inclusive, being welcoming, being attractive? Is it is it something as simple as change rooms that aren't stacked full of Urinals is that is is that a big barrier? Is that is that being too simplistic? What what are we looking at to spend sort of shovels in the ground that type of stuff to get these facilities up to scratch and make them welcoming for for girls? Yeah, I mean certainly it it is those it's those sort of simple attributes of the amenities Ben that are that are part of our communities, ensuring that we have um, change rooms as well as bathrooms for both uh, men and women, boys and girls certainly, and it is the case across the state that we've got uh, a number of facilities where that they are they're built at a period of time when um, we might be talking facilities of, of 10 plus years of age they need a refresh uh, in terms of the the access to those facilities in terms of who it encourages to be involved we've got lots and lots of stories of women and girls in sport changing in the car behind trees behind walls because the facilities provided for them nominally provided for them as change rooms or bathrooms actually aren't uh, either inclusive of them actually not built for them um, and so we need to make sure that, that they are, that they can see the spaces um, for them in sport and ensure that there are places for them to, uh, to not only do the simple things in, in terms of preparing for sport and recovering from sport, but also ensuring that we've got 
uh, enough spaces in terms of where the sport actually happens. Do we need additional fields? Do we need additional courts? Do we need additional uh, lanes uh, in our sport areas so that we can actually cater to the additional demand that will come from uh, things like the World Cup that's happened? Um, my view is we can do a lot of, a lot of good to increase uh, the opportunity for sport to be played by women and girls particularly across our sporting communities uh, and that could include certainly the places where they prepare and recover but also for the places where they actually play as well. Well, well Tim you've been in the role uh, since March so six months or so what what are your members saying what what are some of the the, the real projects that that have come across your desk that I know that the member sports and the, and the, and I've sort of touched on the mainstream sports I, I you know we've spoken about football cricket and football across all codes be it NRL AFLW uh, or, or female rugby but I mean there's there's so many tiers to sport in this state what are some of the projects that you can see that that you You've just mentioned about you know creating extra fields or lanes. Is there something specific that sticks into mind for you? Yeah, I mean, there's a couple of clubs in, in particular across a couple of those codes where they're looking at, yes, actually ensuring that they are doubling the number of uh, bathrooms, change rooms or toilets to ensure that they've actually got the opportunity to, um, to keep the existing uh, change rooms that are being used predominantly by men's teams because they're now seeing women's teams come into the club. They've actually got sufficient numbers, but these women and girls coming into the club aren't playing uh, in mixed teams, especially at underage level, but they now actually have a critical mass of girls involved in sports like football, where they actually, for want of a better word, you know, appropriately demand additional uh, change room and bathroom facilities. So they need to build those additional spaces for women and girls. Uh, I think the, the other opportunity for sport here talking with government about this at the moment, particularly who've also um, tripled their investment in these kinds of initiatives through their Inclusive Facilities Fund, is ensuring that sports are coming together and collaborating on the submissions to state and federal government. So that what we're seeing is, especially a number of our smaller sports, um, are thinking about how they can partner in their applications to, to you know, kind of sweat the assets we have for community sports a lot harder. So we increase the utilisation uh, of those facilities to make uh, the return on investment of the taxpayers' uh, hard-earned mm. go a little bit further every time across all of our communities statewide. Uh, Tim Clara is the CEO of Q Sport. Uh, my guest this morning, we are talking funding for women's sport. $200 million put on the table by Canberra. I know it's only been a few days since that announcement, Tim, but uh, has there been any progress? Do you, do you know how, when the, the grants may be accessed, uh, all the applications? Is, is there any idea how that may work? Yeah, at the moment, uh, the federal government has convened a small but mighty group of, of leading uh, women in our community, uh, meaning within the sport industry. So Tal Carp, who played for the Matildas, Lauren Jackson, the GOAT of Australian basketball, Liz Ellis, the most capped Australian diamond of all time, and Madison Di Rosario, Paralympic World Championship and Commonwealth Games gold medalist in wheelchair uh, racing, a part of this team of four women who will lead with government officials the development of the uh, of the program we understand at the moment that it will be live from early 2024 in terms of the ability for local governments sporting organizations community organizations not-for-profit bodies to be able to apply directly to that fund and there'll be uh, uh, a review of those submissions uh, in partnership by government and by an independent uh, panel of subject matter experts who can determine the appropriate level of investment in each of those applications uh, that are received Tim, 
I'm tipping not only in your new role as a relatively new role with Q Sport, but your background in athletics, uh, in in sport, grassroots sports, netball in, in in this state, in this country, you've seen the participation rates of of, of females of girls coming into sport bubbling away under the surface. What what the Matildas have done over the last month, this is this has almost released the genie out of the bottle, hasn't it? The, the dam wall it is has. broken. Yeah, it has. I mean, and you get the sense that that this is this is a new era that we that we see now. I mean, I think you've talked about that in in the intro to our conversation that the 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 game has changed, uh, not just for women and girls in sport, but for sport in this country. I mean, you think about the effect of the Matildas over the games they've played in the last four weeks, but broadly the World Cup. We're talking about you know, significant uplift you know, in terms of broadcast viewership attendance at sport played by by elite female athletes. I think this will lead to uh, this, this will be a real watershed moment for sport, and I think what we should see from here, appreciating that the tournament has ended, but the work now is really just beginning in terms of making good on the benefits that we can we can realise from the tournament. But the work now is ensuring that uh, those benefits are sustained at grassroots level. We will continue to see the kind of eyeballs and investment, ideally, in women's sport at the elite level. But it's how we then uh, ensure that the underpinning pathways, the pipeline of talent for the future, is guaranteed by sustained investment in our grassroots. Yeah, and Q Sport will be uh, at the head of the line, at the coalface, if you like, for Queensland, representing uh, Queensland Sporting Organisations. Tim, appreciate your time this morning, stepping us through it. Uh, and uh, no doubt we'll chat in the future too, because we've got a big nine years ahead of us uh, leading into the Olympic Absolutely. and Paralympic Games as well. Uh, Tim Clark, who is the CEO of Q Sport. Uh, if you've been part of any sporting organisation at a grassroots level, you know that Q Sport is there and, and fighting the good fight. They're the umbrella, I guess, they're the, the governing body for sport, organised sport in, in this state. So they'll be front and centre, talking to all levels of government about unlocking this funding. What's been your experience? So that's the governing body. Tim's seen and heard from all different types of sporting bodies underneath him. What's been your experience, your daughters, your own, your sisters, your granddaughters, with sport? We had a text earlier saying 40% of community sporting organisations and fields do not have female-appropriate facilities. 40%. Is that the number that you've seen? Is that a good gauge? I don't know what that number was based on. Maybe an anecdotal. May have been something that has been uh, put in a report. That was just a text from... Uh, one of the listeners. What's been your experience? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Speaking of grassroots, Maccas, they do a great job, don't they? Sponsors of Little Legends, supporting grassroots sport here in Queensland. We're doing it today, all thanks to them. All right, we do have the big sports quiz coming up after 11 too, and I'll get one of, where's my quiz sheet? Because I've got to give you one of the answers. I've already given one. Uh, let me see, let me see, let me see. Ah, Manchester United. All right, write that down. I'm not going to tell you which question it is the answer to, but it is one of the questions. Man U. All right, 13, 13, 55, Get to your text, your calls straight after this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Take me down to the paradise in the 
Yeah, I'm tipping the Gunners would be fired up right now on Damien Hardwick's playlist as he's driving around the Gold Coast scouting for a new home, a new place to live, a six-year deal. He is back page of the paper. Geez, it takes a fair bit to knock rugby league off in this state, but it's exactly where it sits with Damien Hardwick and the Gold Coast Suns AFL uh, going gangbusters here, especially with the Lions who play Saturday night. Look, there's so many elements to talk AFL right now. And a man who, well, I'm going to bring him right into it because, well, he knows Dimmer personally. He won a premiership with him with Essendon in 2000 uh, and has also been a part of the coaching staff at the Suns as well. Time to talk some footy. Uh, Dean Solomon, very good morning to you. G'day, Ben. How are you, mate? Uh, mate, all the better for talking to you. More importantly, how's Dimmer reckon, do you feel, this morning after putting pen to paper? Uh, I think he'd be pretty happy. He seemed like he's in a in a really good space, didn't he? Um, I mean, just watching late last night, I sat down and caught up with all the news and just, just his energy and around the way that he presented himself and, and his view and vision of the footy club and where they're going to head. Um, it's pretty exciting times, I would have thought. Uh, he's had so much success with, with Richmond, three premierships, as we know. It was a dynasty that he was building along there. But, but give us an insight into into the man. We, we hear he's a hard nut. I mean, he was a hard nut on the field. What was he like around the dressing rooms, around the uh, around the change rooms with Essendon? Yeah, no, definitely. I mean, he has that that element of, of hardness about him. But that was it was. I mean, as a player and as a coach, it's, it's probably it's it's totally different. And, and most of the time, it is with the with those who play and, and coach. But um, I was lucky enough to coach with him two years ago, two and a half years ago, um, and just get an insight to the man. So as a, as a player, he he was physically he always had your back. So he was the guy that you wanted to play next to, and, and I was lucky enough to play next to the guy and, and someone you can completely trust. But off the field, he had the, the biggest heart. Like he's just a, and you know, in a round family, he's always been family driven. So um, he had a massive heart around the footy club, the care that he gave, um, you know, especially the young players at the time that come into the footy club. That, that They're probably the two traits he did transfer to his coaching. Um, and that's, that's what I felt. I kind of felt um, once, once the sort of announcement of Stewie Jew um, tenure had, had, had finished, I thought there's probably only two coaches I feel that could probably fill the, the gap up here and, and, and Gold Coast being a bit of a different market um, was probably Damien Harwick and, and Kenny Hinckley were the two that came to mind purely because of they are those father figures they've got massive hearts they really genuinely care about the person developing the person to become in this in this instance young boys to become great men great human beings and that's what that was the language we all always heard you know out of Richmond becoming a Richmond person a Richmond man playing the Richmond style. So off the field, he'll, he'll love these players. He'll put an arm around him. He'll develop them to be great human beings. And then I guess the edginess of Damien will come out when he coaches them to play a certain style of footy. And, and that'll be a non-negotiable, ruthless type of finals football that he, he spoke about yesterday. And I think there's been a bit of a buzz. I mean, since his name was thrown up uh, to being the potential coach, and probably probably when he went the uh, the senior um, core pillars flew overseas to, to to see if they could net Damien. The mm. buzz around the community up this this part of the world has been huge. It's it's um, it's come to life a little bit, and I think the language of, of yesterday when I when I take a snapshot, just hearing the word premiership and the Gold Coast Suns from their coaching of one sentence is is really genuinely exciting. And I mean, if we look at this guy, as we said, he's in the last seven years he's coached three premierships. So out of anyone that could probably use that that wording and that language, it's genuine. And if I'm a player at the Gold Coast Suns right now, I'm sitting down going, righto, this is, this, we're on. This is time to knuckle down and we're, we're going to become a serious contender because it's authentic, it's real, and this guy's proven he can do that. Um, 
so it's pretty exciting. It's pretty exciting times up here. There's a yeah. buzz amongst all the the grassroots footy, grassroots footy, but also the community up here, which is which is great. Dean, is it? To, to me, this is this is on par with Lee Matthews signing with the the Lions, and and I know you're you're on the receiving end of that, and you're you're playing career. But yeah. is that <laughs> but is that what we're sort of looking at here? Is that a fair assessment? Oh, it's that, it's, yeah, it's that style of move. They've gone. They've, the Gold Coast Suns have clearly. Um, have sat down and, and put a strategy in place for the long term. And they've gone, okay, who's out there? Who can we capture? Um, here's, here's the biggest fish right now available. Um, let's go and get him. Let's go and get him and give our club the best opportunity possible um, to become a premiership. Let's, let's make finals first, but then become a, a premiership contender. And, and let's build it the right way. And uh, so, yeah, it's along that thinking, there's no doubt. And I look at the Gold Coast Titans up here as well. They've, I mean, they've gone and brought Des Hasler in, who's a, who's a premiership coach in, in NRL as well. So I think it's been clear that the Gold Coast sides over a period of time in any, any code hasn't been super successful. But I think two footy clubs up here have, have sat down and, and thought deep about who can they bring in to, to give themselves the best opportunity. And Dean, you are the perfect person to talk about this, not only part of our AFL Nation family here at SEM, but being part of the Gold Coast Suns coaching staff and and, and having experienced uh, Melbourne, uh, Perth, in, in different facets of footy. What What is the difference mm. of being on the Gold Coast? And, and is there anything that Dimmer needs to know or needs to sort of uh, factors he needs to, to well, factor in uh, being a coach on yeah. the Gold Coast? Yeah, it's an interesting one. And the one I've found is it's kind of its biggest strength can be its biggest weakness in, in the sense that we, are, we, aren't a, we aren't a traditional AFL club or AFL heartland, which we know, which, which is kind of nice when you are a, a player and a coach if you don't necessarily love the limelight. So you can actually still have a life away from football and, and get down the beach with your family and all that sort of stuff. But what that can also do, it can be counterproductive because it can take the edge off, off um, players, um, clubs, coaches uh, to a certain point if you're not traditionally uh, highly motivated, uh, if that makes sense. I think there's, yep. in cities like Adelaide, Perth, Melbourne, as we know, you can't walk down the street. You're on edge the whole time. You know, your performance is analysed to the absolute nth degree. Um, so you don't get that up here, but you can create that within a, within a football club. And that's the cultural piece I think that Damon's going to bring. He, he he does coach with an intensity. He, he will love you and put an arm around you, but he'll expect the absolute most out of you. And I think that's, the cultural piece that, that needs to be created um, in, in environments like this, whether that be an NRL or, or, or AFL, um, to, to get them maximise the opportunity and get the best out of their, their people, whether they're players, whether they're coaches, or whether they're staff. And, um, yeah, I think in all in all, it's a, it's, it's a great move. And it's, um, I was speaking to a couple of mates last night just on text, and it, it's actually it's actually really exciting time for the, for the Gold Coast in isolation to to have a side that we feel that uh, potentially, I mean, you look at their list demographic, their, their list is in a good shape, but they've got a, a three-time premiership coach in the last seven years um, who's, who's come out and just used the language talking premiership, talking finals, as in ASAP next year. And uh, that'll bring that'll bring bumps to seats up here and, 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 um, and it'll create a nice swell, no doubt about it. Yeah, and that swell will travel up the M1 as well. The rivalry between the Lions was reignited when uh, the Coast did a job on Brisbane in the last Q clash. But Brisbane mm. are travelling beautifully, T- touch wood. Uh, maybe it's yeah. just three more games at the Gabba and then the big dance come the last weekend in September. H- how do you see it? I mean, they've got to get past and kill the first, but h- how do you see the Lions' trajectory? 
Oh, that's that's the one for me, um, and I think that's probably what the what the Brisbane Lions would be also thinking. We can't look any further than St Kilda. St Kilda, they're a funny mob. They're, they're a side that we've all probably at some stage throughout the year had some negative type language towards them. Oh, they'll drop this one. They're starting to fall away. But you know what? They're still there. They're still hanging tough, and, and they play a brand of footy under a, a super coach who who actually coaches a style which is set up for finals. So if they drop this one. If they drop this game, it comes down percentage and, and Port Adelaide have a big win, uh, you wouldn't want to put your spot second position in jeopardy because um, you're chasing those home finals, right? And, and and you're right. If Brisbane Lions can get two home finals, they can get their first one at home, win that, then have a prelim at home, well, then that's the shortest way to a grand final. There's no doubt about that. So I know, I mean... They wouldn't want to think that way, but there's a lot on this. There's a lot on this game because um, Port and even even Melbourne, I think Melbourne's percentage is really quite good. So if, if Brisbane and Port were to drop um, this weekend's game, I think Melbourne come into consideration and potentially can finish second. So it's uh, I think that's the beauty of our ladder right now. It's it's so close on multiple levels, um, whether it be top four or the final spot for the, for the eighth position. Um, it's a fantastic finish to the season, and that's what we we wanted for a long period of time. But, um, yes, Brisbane are playing well. They're, they're starting to get their game in, in order and play a consistent brand. But um, St Kilda is going to be a big challenge for sure. Dean, I spoke to Dane Zorko last night on Seven News, and, and he said, yeah, we, we we took down Collingwood, and we were happy with that, but we weren't happy with our defence. We let in 100 points. Now, for a team that's yeah. just knocked off the, the, well, the benchmark, the team to beat all year, uh, and he was lamenting their defence, that – to me, all yeah. as well. That that's good. You, you, you're not happy. Oh, it's with, a good line. Yeah, you're right. It's a good line of thinking. There's no doubt about that. If he was sitting there saying, "Oh, we need to we need to attack more and play more fair," our flair going to, into a finals campaign, you'd go, "Okay." But you're right. Um, they're obviously speaking the right language behind closed doors, and he's articulated through the media. And I think if they if they if Brisbane Lions if they are super consistent with their contest and their team defence, um, then that, the natural talent they have in that side will. Will get them over the line. So if, if their sole focus is, is to stiffen up their defence, um, and that be eighteen man defence, not just the back six, um, I like the way they're thinking. They are laden with superstars, and they can score from anywhere. And anyone in that forward line can score. Who, who's a player for you out of that Lions team, Dean? That, that's not flying under the radar, but maybe the unsung hero of of that team. Is there anyone that that jumps out that you have been spotting and going, "How good's this bloke"? Yeah, well, Dunkley's the one for me that I've, I've really enjoyed. I think he complements that midfield. He's a two-way runner. He's really honest. Um, and he, he has the ability to go to the most dangerous opposition uh, key mid if needed. And, and we've, I've, I've sort of comment, uh, commentated a game, a key clash early in the year, where Matty Rao got off the leash early and then they put Dunkley to him and, and just he just quieted him within one quarter. Um, so I think that's important to have that um, that ability to do that within a finals campaign. You, you, They've got a star-studded, star-studded midfielder, as we know, but if you've got a guy that can also stop um, the opposition best, yeah. it, it goes a long way to getting you the winner. So he's the one I've I really enjoyed watching this year. And um, I love the way he goes about it, too. He's no-nonsense, blue-collar. Again, just gets the job done. He's made for finals, I, I feel. Outstanding stuff, Dean. Thank you for the chat, mate, and uh, good luck with the calls this weekend. Dean Solomon, part of the SEN family, AFL Nation, uh, the Lions and St Kilda this Saturday afternoon. Uh, get the digits ready because 131355 is the number you need after the 11 o'clock news to win tickets to the Lions and St Kilda at the Gabba. You just heard how important that game is potentially the most important game they will play. Actually, to date, it is the most important game 
for the year for the Brisbane Lions. We have a double to give away. Uh, let me see if I can give you another answer. Yeah, of course I can. Um, 1999. 1999. Jot that down. It's one of the answers for the quiz coming up after 11. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, four minutes past 11. Name the Brisbane Lions player who rose to social media fame after last Friday's win over Collingwood when his jumper was torn off and he had to play shirtless. 13-13-55. Uh, the quiz, we'll get to that. We've got Lions doubles to give away for this weekend. 13-13-55, the last man standing quiz. Before we get to that, there are three teams parked on 28 points on the NRL ladder. The Rabbitohs, who sit in eighth. The Cowboys and the Roosters, only separated by four and against. Which one of those three make the top eight? Or do all three miss out and the Eels swoop in on 26 points with two rounds remaining? It's something I'll be putting to Andrew McCulloch. He is part of the SEN family, uh, the legendary Broncos 300 gamer, coming up after we do this. Ten questions, one winner. Time for Morning's Quiz Whiz. And now here's our very cheap version of Tony Barber, Benny Davis. Ah, yes. Tuesday morning, 11 o'clock, the time has come. The last man standing quiz. We have our contestants lined up, but it is not too late for you to jump in. Remember, the first five callers get a second chance. If you do muck one up, you get a chance to call back and re-enter because I know there's strategy involved here. People waiting until they get to question seven or eight and trying to time their run that way. Uh, but let's head to Burp and Gary, our old mates from that part of the world on the north side. John is with us. He was quick off the trigger. Hello, mate. A very good morning to you. Morning, Ben. How are you? Oh, I'm pumped. Were you watching the Lions and Collingwood Friday night? Can't say I was, actually. Oh, okay. Well, this could be tricky then, this first question, unless you have following the social media patterns of this said Lions player. But who, who, had his, who had his jumper ripped and then finally ripped off playing against Collingwood? Uh, Devin Robinson. Devin Robinson, indeed. Uh, I was speaking to Dane Zorko yesterday, and he said, what about Dev? He's got 39,000 followers on Instagram. He started at eight. It's gone up to 39,000. By the time I finished that conversation, I checked myself 40.3. So just over 40,000 just keeps climbing and climbing. All right. So do you, John, up the ladder. Let's see if we can get to question number two. Which Cowboys star celebrated his 250th NRL game last weekend against Cronulla? Cronulla? It was Big JT indeed. Two from two, John. Looking good. Uh, probably the most famous Tony in the country. What nationality is Matilda's coach, Tony Gustafsson? Oh, that's a good one. Gustafsson. Mm. Swedish. <laughs> yes, there we go. You are rocking and rolling this morning. Uh, question number four. Uh, the Wallabies are in France for the upcoming Rugby World Cup. When was the last time we actually won a World Cup? Say 99. 
99D, John Eels lifted it at Stade de France, which is outstanding too. Oh, hang on. No, no, no. It was against France and it was at Millennium Stadium. There we go. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that was 99. Say 2003, but 2003 was the Johnny Wilkinson one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we don't mention that. Well, we mentioned that. Yeah. We mentioned no. flats kicking us into extra time. That was good, but. Yes, I don't mention the war. Uh, all right, question number five. Oh, we're almost halfway there. Um, Damien Hardwick, we've just spoken about him in the last half hour. Mm-hmm. What two clubs did he win a premiership at as a player? Two separate clubs, quite obviously. Oh, I'm not big on AFL. Uh, I just spoke to one of his former teammates. And I'll take a stab, say Collingwood. No, was neither, but John, you do get a second chance. So hang up, call back, and see if we can time the what about today of John's? Uh, let's head south, Chambers Flat. Morning to you, John. Morning, Ben. How are you, mate? Mate, uh, I am rocking and rolling through this quiz. Uh, Dimmer, Damien Hardwick, he's won premierships with multiple clubs, two of them, in fact. Which clubs were they? Uh, sorry, as a player, yes, not as a, as a player, yep. yeah, not as a coach, yes. Essendon and Port Adelaide. Essendon and Port Adelaide, indeed. Here we go. You've picked up the baton from the last, John. John, question number six. Name the Queenslander who broke the Australian record in men's discus at the World Athletics Championships this morning. Denny. It was Big Matty Denny. Finished fourth. Just out of, man, what about that? Has thrown a discus further than any other Australian and finishes fourth just out of the medals. Um, a champion effort from him. We'll hear from Big Matty after uh, or before midday today. Uh, question number seven. Ange Postacoglu, he won his first home game in the EPL of the weekend. 2-0 victory. Who did Tottenham beat to give him that victory? Man U. It was Man U, one of the clues I gave earlier. Fantastic stuff. Question number eight, John Flying. Uh, this one, 50-50. It's true or false? Queensland has more people playing Aussie rules than South Australia. Oh, I guess I'm going to say true. You are correct on that one. It is a boom sport in this state. Question number nine, the penultimate question, John. And you've got, what about this? We've got Johns all over the board. We've got John on the Sunshine Coast standing by. He's death riding you here, but don't no, no, no pressure. No pressure at all. Question number nine. Okay. How many one-day Cricket World Cups has Australia won? So 50 over World Cups. How many have we won? Five. <laughs> yes, sir. All right. John from Chambers Flat. Question number 10. Who is the last team to beat the Lions at the Gabba? It's been a while. Um, Geelong. No, it wasn't Geelong. It wasn't Geelong. But, John, because you were the second caller through, you have a chance to phone back to to see if it's still standing. Who can name me this one? The last team to beat the Lions at the Gabba. Let's head to the sunny coast. And would you believe it's a Jonathan? John, morning to you. How you going, guys? Very well. Are you a John or are you a Jonathan or a Johnny? No, I'm a, no, just a John, mate. This is straight up Don. John. <laughs> Don, John. All right. John, 
For the win, who was the last team to beat the Lions at the Gabba? Uh, I'm going with Melbourne. That was a very good, very good answer. It was actually, it was 12 months ago in three days, August 19, 2022. So it's it's been a while. Uh, and it was a shellacking too. I think they beat us by about 10 goals, the Demons. Hey, John, yeah. well done, mate. Fantastic stuff. You are off to see the Giant, uh, the, the uh, Lions and St Kilda this Saturday afternoon. It's going to be the most important match they play to date this year. 2023, it is the chance to lock in second spot, to lock in a home final, potentially to lock in the minor premiership, depending what happens with Essendon and Collingwood on Friday night. Outstanding stuff, mate. I'm going to put you back to the Hoff. He's going to get your details off to the Lions. 13, 13, 55. Uh, we're done with the quiz, but we're not done yet with uh, your thoughts and your take on the state government's grandstanding, political grandstanding of, well, actually, I won't say it. Let's hand it back over to the Premier. And this is what she said Sunday at the Matilda's victory lap on the River Stage. But wait, there's one more thing. As a lasting tribute to the 2023 Matildas, we will build a statue at Suncorp Stadium. There are plenty there celebrating our male sporting champions. It's time we celebrated women as well. That left us gobsmacked at home on Sunday morning. Watching that, um, Beck, my wife, went ballistic. Has there ever been a more horrific statement to erode equality than, than that, to diminish what the Matildas have done? Dragging down one gender to promote another. There's so many men's statue there, so we need a female one. Really? That, 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 is, that is everything equality doesn't stand for. They deserve a statue, do they? They've done fantastic work. They have changed the Australian sporting landscape forever. But just because there's a lot of men's statues there, there needs to be a female statue. Come on, Premier, we can do better than that. If we really want to help elevate elite athletes to the level of being the best in the world, statues ain't it. Statues are not it. Something a government can do, because governments supply funding to sports on all levels, local, state and federal. How about this for an idea? How about the funding that you do give sports? You hold them accountable for it. You actually have a caveat in there to say, you know what? Gender does not come into it. Whatever you put into the men's side of things, you've got to put into the women's side of things as well to make it equal to have that equality. I'm talking coaches. I'm talking support services. I'm talking facilities. When that's on an equal and level playing field, then you get the government funding. I don't know. Is that too simplistic? That that's something politicians can do. Rather than grandstand and get the adulation of 5,000 people cheering who are already on a high. We are celebrating the Matildas like we have never celebrated anything before in this country. Well, not in this millennia. Kathy, maybe, at the Sydney Games. But come on, we can do better than this. Politicians need to do better than this, don't they?
1355 Phone lines, text line. They've been blowing up all morning. Uh, let's head to, well, let's head down the M1 to Coomera. Jacob, g'day. Hey, how are you? Very well. Your thoughts? I, uh, yeah, I, mate, I've got to disagree with you. I'm not a Palaszczuk supporter. Uh, really not. I don't want a statue of her anywhere. But I think this and Matildas have done so much for Australia as a nation worldwide. We're being recognised. They've done so much for the game of soccer. The TV audience has been through the roof. I've absolutely loved this World Cup. Yeah. And I think this is the right time. I don't, politicians will always look for the opportunity, no matter who they are. Mm. And uh, putting the politics aside, I think these girls deserve something monumental. And I think this is the way to go about doing it. I think, yeah, I'm all, all for it. So you, you put a, a statue or would you have a permanent reminder, something different to a statue? Jacob? Uh, no, I, I, I have one of the two, I'd say. But something to remind us for the rest of our history that 2023 Australian women's soccer team came of age and we represented the nation, the rest of the world, in such a positive way. And we did so much better than expected. And uh, there needs to be something that says it for, you know, I believe this is going to turn Australian soccer, male and female, worldwide. This is going to get us attention that we've never had before. Yep. And I think it's going to elevate Australia to a, uh, to a nation where, you know, I mean, soccer's the biggest sport in the world. I'm from Italian-German background. We've got two good, well, they used to be good. But, <laughs> mate, it's, I hope one day, because of what these ladies have done, I think this will open up our eyes to uh, the eyes of FIFA. And they may even say, you know what, Australia is worthy of a men's World Cup. Uh, the crowds, the yeah. support, the, the television, everything about it. And these women's were the callous. The, this women's team was a callous for all of that. And it wasn't just Sam Kerr; it was the whole team. Jacob and I agree one hundred percent with everything you say. The, the only the only issue is how, how do you monumentalise that? How do you put that in perpetuity? That in, in um. Uh, how do you how do you encapture that in a statue? You can't just have one person in in, in to represent no, the Matildas, no. can you? No. Uh, I. No, no. When was the last time you were at Suncorp Stadium? Bronco, uh, yeah, I was there this year. Yeah, because I want to paint a picture for you. Year. I want to paint a picture for you. Caxton Street, yeah. the entrance there, where, where the stat, where yep, Wally's yep, statue is. Yep. Yeah, there's a. A structure there with a mural or, on it of the Broncos captains. You know, you know the painting I'm talking yeah. about. Yeah. Well, there's another. Yeah. Yeah. There's another structure just before that, and, and it's basically a bunker or a casing for a, an internal and underground stairway. That's what those those structures are. Right. It's got a blank concrete wall on it. I I would suggest that if we wanted to do something for the Matildas like that, put a big bronze wall up with. And I'm yep. going to hark back to Star Wars here. Han Solo when he was in the Carbonites. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So a 3D, a 3D mural on on that wall, on that structure, made of bronze of the entire team. And, and the photo that the premier yep. had up on stage at the River Stage, showing Courtney Vine just after she kicked the penalty, and the whole team chasing her, encapsulating that. I, I think that would be a good representation. A statue. A statue is one person, or possibly two. You can't encapture the whole team there. Yeah. So yeah. So yeah. having a mural, but yeah. not not a painted one, because that can be painted over. Let's no. have something that's permanent. That's. I, I like. Yeah. I, I like that idea. That 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 hand solo idea is great. <laughs> and uh, but we've got to do we've got to do something. We've got to do something that's a permanent fixture there. That for generations to come, they'll look back. No matter where Australian sport goes from here, mm. especially our ladies. 
they'll be able to look back at this World Cup and say, you know what, uh, governments, don't just put that up there. Start funding them a bit more. I don't mind paying a little bit more taxes, you know, $5 a week if it goes to the right things. Uh, but let's do something to say we're going to get behind it, not because this team did good. Don't forget our netball team just won the World Cup. Yeah. Our, our women's cricket team are amazing. Yeah. Uh, but let this be a catalyst for all of them, uh, you know, because we're a talented nation. We really are. A, for a nation of 26 million, my goodness, we, we're much better than the Americans. Uh, <laughs> that there, but anyway... But, no, yeah, that's a great I, example, and, and you could you could say that in anything. It doesn't not even in sport, Jacob. You could say <laughs> we're much better than the Americans. End sentence there. <laughs> we, we don't play World Series amongst ourselves. We play World Cup other nations. Spot on, spot on. Different. Exactly, the AFL World Series not a thing, never will be a thing because we are Australians. Well done, <laughs> hey Jacob. Thank you. Caller, right, of the, caller of the day. You are our clubhouse leader. Um, can you top that? That was a hell of a call. I, I reckon he is spot on. They will go down in folklore. They already have. They have changed the Australian sporting landscape. Do they need to change the landscape at Suncorp Stadium? And if so, what does it look like? 13, 13, 55, 0467, 736, 736. Uh, what will the NRL finals landscape look like? We've got a top eight. Well, kind of. We've got four teams vying for that final position. Who will make it? Who won't? Andrew McCulloch. On the other side of this. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. It's the final The countdown to the finals, the final countdown. Who will make the top eight? It's a big topic of conversation. We've got two games to go. Cannot wait for this weekend when we see the Broncos in action against the Raiders. They are locked and loaded when it comes to the top eight. But the Dolphins and Cowboys, Friday night at Suncorp, that will be a big play to see who comes into the top eight. So... Where we have a look at the ladder, we're seeing right now 28 points. We have the Rabbitohs sitting in eighth spot on four and against. Then it's the Cowboys and the Roosters, all locked on 28 points. You've got the Eels sitting at 11th on 26. They could swoop in and clinch that eighth spot. Could they? Maybe. Maybe not, especially with Souths having the buyer this week. All right, let's pick the brains of uh, the man who knows all. He's got the crystal ball out. He is a champion Bronco uh, Knight. That's right. He did play at Newcastle as well. 309. Oh, I can't remember. Can't forget St. George either. Part of the SEN family now. Uh, Andrew McCulloch, a very good morning to you. Good morning, Ben. Thanks for having me on. Mate, it's been a while. Um, what did I leave no, out? Origins for Queensland too. I, that's, that's, uh, I've got, I can't forget those. No, nah, that's all right. That's that's fine, mate. It wasn't too much anyway. So, got a couple. You got four, didn't you? Yeah, yeah something see. like that. Yeah, something like lucky that. What about that? Humble <laughs> as well. All right, mate. Let, let's run our rule over this and run our eye over the over the the race for the eight, the final eight. Um, and I'll step through each of these teams. Let's start with the Queenslanders, uh, the Cowboys. Are they a chance of making it in your mind? Yeah, I think it's all going to come down to that. Um, I guess that last game for them, I think they've got Penrith um, yeah, at Blue Bet Stadium. So it's obviously going to be a tough ask for them there. But depending on what Penrith do in terms of uh, resting players or just going for the minor premiership, I'm not too sure. So that might play into their hands a little bit if they do that. But 
Um, they're such a strong club. Whoever fills the role for them normally gets the job done as well. So it's um, going to be a big ask for them. And if they can get the job done there with those two, they certainly deserve their finals place. But it's yeah, it's looking pretty bleak at the moment. And Dolphins are having a good crack as well. All right, just on your experience on that, you've opened the door to resting players. As a, someone who's punched out 300-plus first-grade games, ever wanted to put your hand up for a rest? No, but, you know, I think that sometimes the position, um, you know, you can be in, um, like like Penrith and probably Broncos to a degree. I'm not, Obviously, I'm not in a sanctum about minor premierships and how uh, I guess that's obviously very you know, important to them, but mm. also the, evidently the end result's the main focus. So depending on niggles or things like that, um, it may come down to that. But we certainly over the origin period at, at the Broncos, we've waned rested players. But um, I think a couple of the key players from Penrith have had some time off anyway throughout the year. So I guess that probably helps as well. So it's going to be an interesting one. And yeah, Cowboys, regardless of who's playing, has got to put their best performances out there to even get a chance to play in finals. Yeah, exactly right. And they've got to do it down there in Penrith as well, which is a very tough ask. All right, well, let's have a look at Souths and the Roosters. And those two are intrinsically linked because the Souths have a buy, uh, the Bunnies have a buy this week. Uh, so they'll get the, the, the two points. So it, it would then and could very well come down to their final match in the final round and they're playing each other, the Roosters and Souths. Yeah, that's um yeah exciting game to finish off the year. But yeah, um, you know, I think the Latrells um, serving a one week ban too, and um, I think Tedesco's missing one week, um, so he's going to miss this week. So it's crucial for the Roosters as well to obviously get that first job done next, this weekend, and then worry about South after that. So yeah, some big um, big games coming up for everyone, and certainly without some key players who are you know missing probably at the wrong time of year for those those clubs. All right, well, the Roosters have the Tigers this week. Um, do they get past them? You'd like to think so. I think that, you know, they've been pretty gritty, the Tigers. I know they haven't been getting the results. But they've been, you know, within their contest, they just probably haven't got the players of the calibre just at the moment to sort of seal those you know, sort of close wins. So you'd think the Roosters, regardless of that, Tedesco will, should get the job done considering um, if they don't, that's probably their season. So it's um, a crucial match for them. And, so I think I'd be worried about because I think the you know the Tigers certainly threw the ball around a lot more than than normal on the weekend against the Dolphins. So that's um, a little bit of pressure taken off with them where they can um, you know, throw caution to the wind. All right, um, on the Dolphins, Dolphins and Cowboys this weekend. Do we who who do we give this win to? It'll be hard for the Queensland Derby too in, in the Dolphins' backyard. Yeah, the Dolphins have been really good. I know they haven't got the results, but they've just been there, thereabouts. I think they've spoke about four or five games where they've lost by you know one point, a couple others by two. So they've been in the contest. So I think it's uh, been a really successful year for them in terms of being their first year and, and the amount of players they've, I guess, lost either suspension or, or injuries. So they can hold their heads up high and they want to go out on a good night. And won't be just a game where they just go through. Wayne will want to win after you know, a disappointing loss against the Tigers on the weekend. All right. All that being said, who would you put your hard-earned on to make that final eight? Would it be the Bunnies, the Cows, or Mate, the I'm gonna go, I'd have to go the Roosters. I think the Cows have just got a tough run there, and they fought back so well to get back in the pitch after a slow start. Um, yeah, Rabbitohs, it just seems to be a lot happening there at the moment. Obviously, it could be a lot of just hearsay, but I feel like they're under a little bit of pressure there, and you know, missing Latrell, I think, plays a big role in it. Um, yeah, I think the Chooks might be able to sneak in there. I think um, they can get the job again against the Tigers and put some real pressure on the Rabbitohs to finish the year off. Um, and, yeah, it's, it hasn't been a pleasant year for them, and that's just the standards they set for being at the Roosters. And 
been in the finals every year, so that's, they probably count that as a pretty unsuccessful year so far. Well, Mackie, you've made a lot of tri-colour uh, fans happy uh, heading into that. So you tip it. Yeah, I've got Slam and Sam here in the studio with me. He is a rooster's tragic. I think it's amazing. He, he was punching the air at that. So I think you've now become yeah. uh, his uh, his favourite hooker. Uh, yeah. Mate, can you... Yeah, I could be wrong, mate. I've got wrong, plenty of plenty of things <laughs> wrong. No, no, no. We're marking it down. Andrew McCulloch says roosters, time and date. <laughs> uh, Mackie, can you hold on? Vanessa's standing by. She's giving me the uh, evil eyebrow to say, come on, it's news time. Uh, we will do yep. and continue this chat. We'll go at the other end of the ladder, right up the top, where you've got the Panthers and Broncos fighting out for the minor premiership. We'll do that uh, next at 11.32. Colin Pong is the best story in rugby league. He really, really is. He's come back in the last 12 months. Now, you think back to this time last year. He was in a pub in Newcastle on a Saturday afternoon when the team was playing away, Rudy. Yeah. Him and Kurt Mann in that bloody toilet cubicle. What they were doing there. You, you, love, you love talking about this. <laughs> no, 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 I don't, right? And it was wrong. But the integrity unit found they did nothing wrong, okay? But to come back from that situation, which, you know, wasn't good for the club with the cl- captain doing that, to come have back his. Come from co- doing nothing wrong. Well, I don't know. We walked <clears> out there with a bourbon and coke. I don't know what he did, and I'm not yeah. suggesting he did anything wrong. It was a bad look. You know yeah. it was. But earlier this year, too, when he got knocked out, I think it was against the West Tigers, was it week yes, one? It was. Yeah, it was. Yeah. His career was in grave doubt. Yeah. He had to go overseas for America, Canada, to see the best neuro people in, on the planet. To come back from all that, to play the football he's executing right now, it's just a phenomenal turnaround. There we go. Buzz Rothfield last night on NRL 360 uh, saying that Kalen Ponga is the best story of the year in rugby league. And you stop to think, hang on, really? And then you actually stop to think about it. And he very well could be. The way he's turned things around and and right now he's battling it out with Reese Walsh to be the best fullback in the game. Uh, so many are saying that. Uh, Mackie, you, you've played with KP at the time you spent with him uh, in, in Newcastle. Um, how how do you see his year, where he's been, where he's come from, where he's heading? Yeah, uh, he's obviously come a fair way back from where he was, I guess, in terms of certainly the head knocks and the interruptions there he's had throughout his career. Um, you know, with the with the toilet <laughs> incident, he's just having a bit of a he was a bit sick, and those things happen in in pubs. So, look, he was his way he's come back's been really great and. But I always found like he was going to do that anyway, regardless of the situation. I just knew he'd get through the head knocks. Not so much the off-field stuff, because he's a really good guy. Look, and everyone's young and makes mistakes and does whatever, but more so was the concern of the head knocks. And yeah. once he got through that and got a lot of confidence back, he certainly um, you know, instills a lot of confidence within that Newcastle team. You can certainly see that at the moment. Would it be out of him and Reese Walsh right now being the best fullback in the NRL? Yeah, I don't know. It's always a tough one. Yeah, everyone goes through different stages and, and off form and, and going well, but everyone's got to remember like who's there first and foremost, and their form's been you know reasonably well. And everyone's sort of short-term you know memory about how good some other players are and what they've done for a long period of time. So you got to be careful about just situations and timing. Yes, they might be in good form at the moment, but the top players can consistently do that year after year, and that's where you 
certainly are your, your key your fullbacks like Tedesco and those sort of guys. All right, um, let's get into the Broncos. Reese Walsh and what they're doing, uh, sitting currently second, and it's only on four and against. They're on equal points with Penrith. So one, one more win, and they definitely lock in a home final to kick things off. Valuable, so valuable. Uh, they, If they do have a couple of uh, hiccups to end, uh, end the season, they could finish as low as third. Uh, where, where do you see this Broncos team going, Macker? I mean, could they be could they be playing in a grand final? Oh, definitely. I think the way they've set the year up uh, in terms of, you know, form right through the whole year after Origin, they certainly lot, you know learned a lot from the previous year. I think after Origin, they really struggled to sort of capture their start of the early season form, and they've got a good balance of um, you know depth there at the moment. It's not just your starting guys; whoever's coming in can do a job for them, and that's the strong team can do that. You just look at Penrith; whoever comes in for them, they've uh, do a job. They know what to do, and uh, and it's just, they just get on the back of that, and it just seems like a yeah, happy place at the moment, and it's really good to see after obviously some tough years, and mm. yeah, just a golden opportunity that they shouldn't waste. Obviously, with a couple of players leaving next year as well. Well, that's a good point that you put uh, that you press on there. I mean, Flegler and Farmworth, who are who are heading uh, heading across the or out to the peninsula. I mean, they'll be wanting to to go out with a premiership under their belt. Twenty fifteen, we we know what happened there, mate. You played in that grand final for for Brisbane. It was the last time they finished inside the top two. How can you put a price on finishing that high and getting a home final in the in the first weeks? Oh, it just gives you a lot of confidence. I think playing at home, Suncorp, um, you'll be right up for that occasion. It's not no guarantees, of course. Um, just being at that ground doesn't give you a win, but it just certainly gives you advantage of getting caught up in the atmosphere. It's a really good build-up in the week in Brisbane. It's starting to get nice and warm. The people absolutely love their football, and they turn out for the Broncos week in, week out, regardless. But... Yeah, it's just something spectacular when there's finals on the line and, and a packed stadium. All right. Who's going to be the standout for you? This is the crystal ball stuff. I know we were digging into the, the who makes the eight, but the crystal ball stuff for Brisbane. Who's going to be the go-to player when it comes to them and premiership success? I mean, the obvious ones is Adam Reynolds or Reese Walsh. Is there someone that is an intrinsic part of this team that they really can't do without or is the unsung hero? Nah, it's got to be Payne. Those guys up front can talk about your middle, your, your halves and everything, but a few guys and forwards and defensive type big matches, they need to get the job done and lay a platform for those guys to allow space. So I think that gets lost a little bit along the way, the outside backs and halves, but good forward packs will get you into deep into the finals and, and you look back throughout the year, they've always had that and certainly the Broncos have got that at the moment. Outstanding, mate. Spoken like a true front rower. Love that. Never live, never <laughs> lose that, Macca. Never lose that. Who, who, who are you calling this weekend? Mate, not on this weekend. Of uh, weekend you've got a couple of games coming up after the following week finals, NRL finals, and a couple of Q Cup games into post Cup final as well, Grand Final. So I'm really looking forward to calling that game, or whoever that may be. It's you know tight, Burley, South, Winham, and they're all there thereabouts. So it should be a good few weeks coming up. Perfect stuff, mate. Cannot wait to hear it. The dulcet tones of Andrew McCulloch, uh, former Broncos, Newcastle Dragons, and Maroons hooker. Thank you, mate. It's always good to catch up. Uh, twenty away Thanks, from man. twenty away from midday. We've covered a lot of ground there. Payne Huss, he is the key man, according to Andrew McCulloch, when it comes to the Broncos and their premiership hopes. Do you agree? It's hard not to, isn't it?
1-13-55-0467-736-736. Next weekend, it's Father's Day. We do know that. It's going to be a huge doubleheader on the coast as well. The Titans in the NRL, they're playing the Bulldogs. And in the NRLW, it's against the Tigers. Tickets, they are available now. Head to titans.com.au to get your uh, Father's Day doubleheader. Host Plus has been named Super Rating Super Fund of the Year for 2023. That's a plus. Issued by Host Plus Proprietary Limited. Check the PDS and TMD at hostplus.com.au. This is Mornings with Ben Davis on SENQ. Uh, almost time to wrap it up. I've just seen some pictures coming out of Dolphins headquarters where they've unveiled their new strip for next year. It's an away jersey. Uh, it basically gets rid of the uh, vanilla Coke can uh, the white and the and the what was that the gold is that what it was uh now it looks like coke no sugar with black on top red on the bottom so we'll be looking out for the dolphins unveiling that as of next year their home uh sorry their away strip uh before i go paula said benny can you please find out the odds of a broncos lions premiership double i had a quick play during the break on my Labrokes app and it's paying $12.75 and remember you win some you lose more for free and confidential support visit gamblinghelponline.org.au thanks for your company over the last three hours we'll do it again from nine o'clock tomorrow morning we're going to hand it over to Jimmy Smith what a big three hours he's got coming up to SENQ in your home of sport here in Queensland